Rabbi, rabbi, rabbi. So what do you want to talk about today? You want to talk about, um, you know, sports? Do you want to talk about what, what's 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 hot yeah, we, right we, now in the we news? Could, we, we, we could talk about the elephant in the room. We could we could also talk. I want to get that elephant out of this room. You know, it's perhaps, you know, why did they choose a very well-known beer company to um, to hold the name of a virus? Couldn't they call it Bud Light? Good, good top. Good, good, they, good they, time to buy they, stock. They couldn't, they couldn't call it Stella Artois. Yeah, we call it the Heineken virus at, at church. That's what we call the it. Heineken it's, virus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, the Germans can take the hit. It's fine. Is it a Bavarian or is it German? Heineken, German. German, German. I think it, I think it was German. So, yeah, so, so we're going to talk about the hot topic, but not just like the hot topic. And I think it's also important for our listeners to understand that, you know, although we may uh, be taking a, a, a slight comical um, uh, approach to it, as we just did uh, a few seconds ago, uh, we, 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 we certainly, as clergy, do take this very seriously. Um, and it is something that, you know, we're, we're going to explore, you know, what are the measures to which our respective communities have undergone uh, in the last, certainly the last few days, if not the last few weeks, um, and how we, uh, as a faith community, are trying to protect all who come into our sacred spaces um, uh, to alleviate some of our fears um, and, and really uh, build uh, on this on this sense of community. Yeah, and we're, we're curious to know, like, how you and your worship communities have dealt with um, this during this time of, uh, of the coronavirus. Virus. So leave a comment. You know, if you're on iTunes, leave a comment and just say we we, we want to hear. And uh, or if you're on Podbean, wherever you're at, that involves comments. Leave a comment to know how that you all have dealt with this from a worship experience, a pastoral experience in your worship communities. We really curious. We want to know about that. So we're going to send you lots of love. So that's what we're going to do today. How does religion react and respond during these times? How do we keep the hope? How do we keep um, it it our hearts light and not so heavy and fearful? But also at the same time, be responsible and prepared. And sometimes being responsible prepared means canceling a service is that right is that being obedient to god are we turning away from god if we don't accept the chalice or the bread at a christian service because of fear of germs so we're going to get all into that right here on a priest and a rabbi you all enjoy god bless you keep your minds right and your hearts right and we'll uh see you on the flip side The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Chaim. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Father Christian Anderson over here at A Priest and a Rabbi. Uh, I Right next to me is probably the best darn good-looking rabbi you've seen this side of the Jordan River. It is Rabbi Matthew Durbin. Rabbi Matthew Durbin, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing really well. You doing look really well. super sharp this morning. You have a nice suit on. You have your socks are okay, but everything else is 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 you're crushing it. The shoes, um, the suit. Your your wife must have picked it out. It's well tailored. I wish you all could be in the studio right now to see how well this this rabbi is is groomed and well groomed. You you look like you're going to a fashion show, but what I understand you're doing something very um, pastoral later late, later today. Yes, another life event. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I do have a funeral this morning, but um, um, just kind of the the uh, the ways that we that we live. It's um, 
I appreciate I appreciate the uh, the the surge of energy this morning, and certainly the um, many words of uh, beautification on how I look today. So I appreciate that more than any other day. Now it's nice that I'm lauding you with with love. You, you know, it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. I adore you every single morning. We get inside this studio. <laughs> you, know, you know, my favorite. My favorite is is is, is of, of course most of our actually all of our listeners don't are not privy to the conversations that happen before our radio show. So let me just give a little insight into 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 <laughs> yesterday's conversation as we were reviewing and going through it. You said to me, "Oh, and I'll be there early." So I said, "Oh, what does that mean?" Right, our show starts uh, just a few minutes after nine. Um, so I said, "What are you, you going to be here at at, at eight fifty-eight? And you said, "No, I'll be there at quarter to nine. And I, I, was it was it was did the hair take too much time to quaff this morning? You, you know what it was? It was um, my back went out this morning. <laughs> I mm. woke up and my back is jacked. I'm, I'm moving all this furniture upstairs uh, because we're just getting all this furniture for the nursery." And so I, you're in crunch time right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in crunch time. So all this stuff. Every time we show up, there's some new furniture at the door. Are we? Are we? Are we at the 30 day countdown? Yeah, we're pretty close. Yeah, we're 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 hitting uh, four weeks. Four weeks. We already got a note in from one of our listeners right now. I guess our our voices are quite loud. So it's probably because um, um, Daniel, thank you so much. It's probably because they've taken the caps off the mics. So we're going to take that note, and since the caps are off the mics for it to be more hygienic, we will not be as strong on the voice. It will be tough for you, Rabbi, I know. You know, it is, because I, I actually I, I cannot temper the volume of my voice. It's a gift that God has given you that you use to rally people. You led hundreds the other weekend to, to march against hate and, and bigotry. <laughs> and so this voice... You're saying you can't hold me down, guys. No, you know you the challenge is rabbi down. W- w- when I call friends or family um, uh, back back uh, back in in Toronto, it's uh, I I feel like I have to shout so that uh, people 1,400 miles away from me uh, are able to hear my voice as if they're uh, next door to me. Um, uh, I, I I am a a passionate talker, which means that my voice sometimes reverberates. Everywhere. Oh my gosh! When, when the rabbi and I first would start meeting and, and to grab lunch to talk about these radio shows, we'd be sitting there in a cafe somewhere having lunch, and then the rabbi would be talking about anti-Semitism, what it's like to be a Jew, and so you're sitting here in this pretty, you know, all, uh, you know, pretty Christian town that we're in, and I'm sitting with the rabbi. He's like, "Yeah, so people say that you're a Jew." And then when you're a Jew, this is what it's like to be a Jew and to be anti-Semitic and in a place where it's like, my gosh, I'm just trying to be a Jew. And he's really, he's really, and he's got so, this New so, York <laughs> accent that comes out. On, I know you're on. from Toronto. I, I really, I really appreciate the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the ways that one can mimic my voice. Um, um, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think New I sound York. like that. You sound New York sometimes when you get I have heated. a mutt accent. I have a mutt accent. You're from Toronto, but you can sound like you're New York. Yeah, but you know, the challenge is, I, you know, I grew up in Toronto, but, uh, I, I, you know, did undergraduate studies there and then did graduate studies in rabbinical school in Europe. So I have that kind of, uh, that blend. And then being down here in America where uh, uh, it's a mutt of uh, three different uh, dialects coming together to, uh, somehow New York to produce a wonderful and beautiful um, and unique sound. Yes. 
All right, callers. Uh, we're here at 772-220-9788. You are listening to a priest and a rabbi radio show, which also turns into a podcast. You can always catch us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, listen, I mean, the reason why people are saying that our voices sound a little louder today is because, yes, these, these uh, the, uh, the what do you call these caps, Evan? Windscreens. The windscreens over the mics have been removed. Why? Well, as we all know, it's because the reason why we have a, 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 a bottle of Clorox right next to us. It's, it's the hygienic aspect. And why it's hygienic aspect, of course, because everyone in this whole world is more concerned about germs right now because of the coronavirus. So today, we're going to dip into that about what is that, how does that affect a priest and a rabbi? How does that affect our religious services? How does that affect the way that we do religion? I can't talk three minutes without him interrupting me. Just but you know, it, 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 it's ah, interesting. The timer went off. Is it, He's it, jumping in. It's interesting given, given the context in which we're living right now, where we know that we're in a pandemic and everything else. But just the, 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 the vast amounts of a common sense of wash your hands. And it seems to be, you know, wash your hands, don't touch your face, you know, try and have some social distancing. But it's the washing of the hands. It almost sounds as if this is a novel idea. If you go to the bathroom, wash your hands. And, 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 and I wonder if, you know, when, when this virus, when it, when, it, when it, you know, dies down and teams down, does this change the face of uh, the American experience to be able to say uh, we are a more um, hygienic or uh, conscious people that is, is just amazing? Wash your hands. Oh, I never thought about that when I go to the, you know, just. Yeah. My wife is a nurse, and so she, she, she says even it's exposed how dirty we are as Americans. She's like, just we don't clean our hands that much. But it's also interesting, you know, when, when we clean our hands that, you know, we know, or at least hopefully we should know, is that to wash your hands effectively needs to be for minimum of 20 seconds. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet you that most people... Splash and dash. Yes, because, you know, so I did this the other days where I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to wash my hands for 30 seconds. And as I wash my hands for 30 seconds, a part of me that says after I finished, the part of me says, man, that was a tremendous amount of time. That we actually don't really do it for 20, 30 seconds. We do it, as you said, the splash and dash. We wash quickly, four seconds later, we're done. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's yeah, it's a commitment that, you know, here, and here's the thing. It's not just for yourself now. It's, it's for everyone else. And it's still crazy. I'll be, I'll be in the restroom. I was in the restroom the other day at a, at a restaurant. Someone came out of the stall. A worker came out of the stall and went right back to, 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 to the restaurant. And now I'm wow. going to get more courage, a little more bold. Big. Whoa, Jack, what are you doing, man? What, I mean, you think now, even now. So, so this is what we're talking about. So listen. The, but know, even in that instance, even if they put on gloves, <laughs> you haven't, you haven't, you haven't. You haven't changed the the model there. I mean, it's still. I yeah. wish people would just use common sense. A big, a, a big lot deal of this, of this is common it's sense. A big deal of it. Yes. So you've probably heard a lot about this already on your own news feeds, but today we want to bring you something different. Okay, so. Rabbi and I obviously are in a business where uh, there's a lot of handshaking. There's a lot, sometimes a lot of hugging when it's appropriate. Uh, there is some handholding. Uh, there is, in my tradition, um, as Christians, we have a thing called the Holy Eucharist. So the whole service leads up to, and we do this multiple times a week, to where we have a common cup. So we have the bread and we have the wine. 
So there's bread that's administered, that's the body of Christ, and then we have the wine, which becomes the blood of Jesus Christ. And the way that's taken is through a common cup. So there's a cup and we all drink from it. So it's brought up lots of stuff over the last couple of weeks about how sanitary is that. Some people then will take the bread in their hand and dip it into the cup as opposed to just drinking from the cup. The CDC actually did a minor study on that and found out that it's actually more sanitary to drink from the cup than dipping because people's fingers actually go into the wine. Now you have the germs in the wine. Um, that the cup is actually, it's made out of metal. And so therefore, and since it's wiped and the alcohol contact will kill the germs. So all you who, who, who are part of a liturgical church, that drinking from the common cup is actually much more sanitary than dipping. And so now we've had, we've had to have these conversations all week long. Can I, can I ask you a question? When you have these conversations within, within say, St. Mary's, who is the conversation with? I mean, if you, if you as a church community decide um, okay, we won't be doing, um, we, we, won't be, we won't be giving out the wafers, we won't be having wine, this, that, and the other. Who makes those decisions? Is it, is it based on you and, say, Father Todd? Is it based on um, uh, like a worship me, committee or something? A council of elders or, or a worship committee? Right. Ha- take me through that process. Well, it's, I mean, the main, the main call is always going to be Father Todd, the head, the head rector, the head priest. He will make the call. However, you're going to get a bunch of emails, and you hopefully always make a decision. Any big decision you make as a priest, as, as for him, he's the CEO, is based on the context, based on your people. What are the concerns of the people? So mm-hmm. I think for Father Todd, he, he, I would say he's much more um, open-minded about what's going on. He's not as freaked out as, as most people are. Mm-hmm. However, decisions got to be made so mm-hmm. people feel comfortable inside the church. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so so I, I, that decision gets made by him. He, 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 he drops down the battle axe of what, what he thinks is right. But he's getting emails all day, and he does a lot. Of, he consults. He consults uh, one of the doctors in our parish. He's sat down with him multiple times and said, give me the breakdown on this. What do we got to do? Mm-hmm. What's appropriate? Because the last thing you want to do is have people in fear. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing you're juggling, right? You don't want people coming to church in fear. And even though you know that um, – that, that some of the practices we do are actually quite safe. But if people feel really unsafe, well, now their mind's not on God. Mm-hmm. Their mind's not on letting go and letting God inside that service. They're worried about if I drink from this common cup, am I going to get cooties? Am I going to get corona? And that's not where your mind's going to be. So it's this juggle that I know that you, this is what we're going to get into in the show. The juggle that you have as a cleric of saying, how, how, how do I be very prepared mm-hmm. and how do I be responsible um, but at the same time, not cut out the heart of the service, which really provides the, 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 the healing and the caring and the, the presence of God in people's lives. Um, and now it's going to extremes where we're now we're seeing churches. I don't know about synagogues, but there's churches that are just shutting down for a couple mm-hmm. weeks. There's bishops in the Bishop of uh, oh, the Diocese of Washington and Virginia. They just shut down church, right? Mm-hmm. Seattle just shut it down. So we're going to get more isolated, right? We're not going to be coming together and celebrating God together. This big moment that people find, a healing moment to find, to be a part of the body of, of, of God. So, um, so let's just break it down right here. What changes have you all made at the synagogue? So, you know, it's been an ongoing conversation that we've had with uh, both our board and certainly with our ritual committee as to, you know, how do we proceed, f- uh, you know, further with it? You know, for us, uh, we made, uh, unfortunately, the, the very painful uh, decision yesterday 
um, and still ongoing in terms of what do we do with services? Uh, what do we do with those, um, you know, as, as part of our community, we do something, um, and I think you guys uh, do very much the same. I think you guys call it fellowship. Uh, we call it an oneg. Uh, and an oneg in Hebrew means a delight. Um, and it's really to encourage socialization. It's after the service. We have food. We have uh, the opportunity to be together as a community. Um, and we have a tremendous amount of food from, you know, pastries and uh, you know, cheese and fruit and all this, uh, all this great stuff just to kind of, you know, extend our um, joy for Shabbat. And we made the decision yesterday um, and certainly today of um, having to unfortunately say there will be no food. Uh, there will be no own eggs for the next 30 days. Um, and it's a way to really prepare us for it. Services, as far as we know right now, will continue. Um, that conversation may change in the, next, in the next few days as things start to unfold. Um, you know, we are part of a Treasure Coast Jewish Film Festival that um, um, starts in, in November, goes all the way to April. Uh, and yesterday we had to, again, make the painful decision that we have a film this Sunday in Vero Beach. Um, and we've had to make the decision that the film will not will not be there in person. Although we've changed um, largely due to the advent of technology, that we are able to provide the film via um, uh, Zoom. I don't know if you're familiar sure. with Zoom. So we're going to be uh, show, showing it uh, via Zoom, and then we'll have the the uh, um, kind of uh, video conferencing with. Uh, myself and Rabbi Michael Bernholtz out of Vero Beach to be able to uh, engage in the conversation via uh, via the internet. Um, it's not conventional, but I also think it, it, where we are today, there's a lot that is happening, um, and, and it is unfolding. I mean, it is day by day. I mean, I have a lot of colleagues uh, around the country um, in, in certain areas where they have canceled. Everything is on hold until April. Um, they are not doing services. Um, uh, luckily for a lot of my colleagues, they have the capabilities and certainly the support to be able to video stream services so that right. you're not alone. You know, we sent out a message to our community by saying we do have as part of our service what we call the Misha Berach prayer, which is prayers for healing for those that are ill. And we said, you know, unfortunately we won't be offering, you know, own eggs, but, and if you are uncomfortable coming to services, you know, and, and you have someone that's ill, please share the name so that we can read the name together. So, you know, we're trying as best we can to be as proactive with it. Uh, my approach, certainly within the Jewish community, uh, is always, look, it is much better to err in the side of caution uh, and to be overprepared than to be underprepared. That's my next question for you, is that does all the stuff drive you nuts? Do you really feel like, come on, we can get together, we'll be fine, we're, but I, 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 you also want to be uh, a responsible leader and you mm -hmm. want to listen to the fears and concerns of your people. And so this is the best way to go. Or is it, this is without a doubt the best decision. You're like, no way. We're always going to err on the side of caution. I'm the leader of this flock. I don't want to promote anything or any kind of <laughs> passing of pathogens. And I obviously don't want to freak out my parish. Um, so this is not a hard, you said it was a difficult decision, but in the end it wasn't like, it's a tough decision, but at the same time, was it hard coming to the decision? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think the decision was was was, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't based on fear. I think it was based on. Well, I won't say that because I think a little bit was predicated on fear, but I think the overwhelming um, um, uh, decision was based on what is 
what is of the best needs of our community, what is the best needs of our congregation, without creating mass hysteria and a, 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 a major panic. I mean, we sent out a notification early in the week just to say, you know, um, um, for those who wish to join us at services, please notice that there will be some changes. Our clergy uh, will not be shaking hands. Um, our clergy will have some form of social distancing just to be able to best protect you and certainly um, uh, those who, who, who lead within, within the context of our community. Um, you know, we see, you know, our services typically are 7.30. You know, people start kind of trickling in around 7 o'clock. You know, that is really, as I'm sure you have with your church community, those are the really important times before services of being able to really greet somebody as they come into our sacred space and to give them the proper time and really to be able to, to form community. And not to say that that is being stifled or that is being stopped, but there is, there's just a little bit of anxious anxiety, I think, uh, regarding how are we going to approach it. And, and that's been our approach is to somewhat social distance ourselves um, from it. If you're a part of a religious community, we would love to hear what changes have been made at your house of worship or the religious community you're a part of. You can give us a call here at 772-220-9788. What are those changes and how do you feel about those changes? Are you feeling like you're rolling your eyes, being like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous or this is kind of offensive. It takes away from this religious experience, a religious experience that I need right now. I need my spiritual community right now. I don't need to be distanced from them. I need to be with them to give me the comfort because everywhere I look, it's all about fear and worry and anxiety. And I come to a place where it's about hope. It's about healing. It's about uh, companionship. It's about trust. So uh, let us know about that. So, I mean, that's that's always the the, the, the the danger with this is that, you know, the temperature went way up in the country once the NBA canceled the season, right, or suspended the season, but then the NCAA canceled their season. And Spring it, training is canceled. I mean, everything. Right. Our producer, Evan, is just, you know, pacing back and forth because he's just like, he's a huge Mets fan. He's a voice of the Mets, and this guy can't go to speak for the Mets. So now he's talking to the wall like it was a Mets stadium because he's so in love with the Mets. He doesn't now know. Betting. See? See? He just, so please, let's, let's get this over with because this guy's going nuts over this. But I think that there's something else, too, beyond the you know, I, I mean, look, it, 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 it's hard today, especially right now on, on Friday the 13th, to be able to turn on any single news channel and not be inundated with what's going on. And I think that, yes, information is important. Information certainly guides us. But I think above and beyond that, it's the stress to which it puts upon um, the human body. That's stress. And don't you think that if when the church and the Senate, when, when houses of worship join, in a way— we have folded when we do things like cancel services and we do things like really limit what we do within the service. Um, we have folded into the into the pressure. Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of joined the mass hysteria in a way. I mean, so this is the balance, right, that you want the house of worship or a religion to be countercultural and say, no, we are going to still meet as a community. We're going to be smart. We're going to be responsible. Maybe we'll do certain things differently. Um, but to cancel it. Now says, uh, but it says it says if we cancel in some way, it says at the end of the day our communities are not safe. Right? Don't come into don't come into our sacred space because of the fear of what could or might not happen, and I think that it puts a lot of stress on our communities. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, um, typically the the average age for majority of those who come to worship with us is a little bit more of right. a seasoned um, 
Um, the more mature. Yes. <laughs> they're older. Um, yes. And, 60, I, and I think so that that's, that presents certain challenges because, you know, especially with us as a, as, a, as a synagogue, you know, do we want people to stay at home and, and, and not come in? No. But at the same time, it's look, if you're not feeling well, if 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 you feel that that, you know, health wise, I'm not uh, I'm not at my best, you know. Think about the choices you make. And I think that that really goes back to, you know, to go back to the initial conversation um, about where we're at. I think it is about choice. You have the choice. God gave you choice um, and gave you free will. Exercise those choices in a informed way. If I'm not feeling well, it's not in my best interest to go out and to c- communicate or to be uh, amongst others for where it may be. So as... as- if we had to take a class Christian ethics in, in seminary, so the study of ethics is always this this balance of goods. What what what? You, we, there, there, there's there's you're taking the goods of in, in our case right here the goods of canceling service. So what are the goods of canceling service? Well, you you are now being you're you're being a responsible sure. people that's saying we're not going to uh, we're concerned about the whole community, not just our community, mm-hmm. but we realize that there's this movement that's happening right now in the world, and we want to join the anti movement that's going to try to suppress the movement of these pathogens. So, and we want to because if we all get sick, that means we take up space at the ICU or the mm-hmm. hospitals, and that space should really be reserved for people who are super sick, mm-hmm. the older populations. So. We're going to do our part, and we're going to step back and say, no, we're going to practice some serious social distancing so um, so we don't get sick and and really kind of suppress this movement of corona so that there, there's one side. But then the other, what are the goods on staying in service? Well, the goods of staying in service are we get to practice this, our, our choice to come together as a faith community um, to find a place that will give us refreshment and restoration. We're going to honor our God together as a community. We're going to say... Uh, um, uh, th- th- this is where I find a lot of hope. Uh, I want to comfort others and find healing for others and bring the anxiety down. So, but I also think that there, there, there are And be moments, obedient to God. Yes. But I, also, I think beyond the worship experience, I think that there are life cycle events. And, 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 and with those life cycle events, the unfortunate part of life cycle events is, you know, the end of life. Um, and if somebody were to pass away, and given what's going on right now globally, how does that affect us as clergy? Right. So if I have somebody whose wife just passed away and they've been married for, you know, for, for donkey's years and, and, and that spouse is really struggling and really upset, do I distance myself by giving that compassionate look or do I violate it? Do I violate my own social ethics uh, or, or where we're at and say this person needs this person needs a hug. They need comfort. And you know what? I'm going to expose myself and whatever may happen because this person needs me or this person needs that that comfort or that reassurance. Right. A fist bump is not going to do it. No. It's actually insulting. And that's a good, I can see how that's a very good point that a lot of times after service or even if it's during the work day, you get someone who shows up or you got a pastoral visit and they're in tears. They're mm-hmm. in front of you. They're dealing with something heavy and grabbing the hand and holding that hand and praying with them is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a little awkwardness and if it's i don't know what would you do in that situation so i mean recently we, we've had this situation um and and i probably did what i was not supposed to do which was i said do you mind because i think as clergy we also have to ask permission do you mind can i give you a hug and i, I remember saying those words and i embraced um this gentleman whose whose um, wife just passed away um 
and just thought to myself, this is this is what this is what I need. This is what he needs. Um, and I know that with what's going on right now, um, that it is unsettling. Um, it's 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 unnerving because we just don't know. Um, but a part of me that says, this is the human condition. We need this. Those who are struggling or are challenged need that warm embrace. Yeah. I think it would also be very different if, you know, the said person in question was, you know, sick, had the flu. I mean, I think there it's very, very obvious that look out of out of out of out of safety and, and, and health concerns, you know, uh, but, but I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. I, I haven't been able to completely verify this. I don't know if you have, but we had a colleague of ours who um, that it, it might be challenging to go visit people in hospitals so i don't know if the hospitals at some point if they haven't done it now i know it's been hinted at but at some point they might start limiting and at some point i like i actually wish they do as as a person who has a as a uh, a wife who's 34 weeks pregnant mm-hmm. that i don't want to know that random visitors are coming in to visit people who are carrying whatever and i would like that hospital to be as hygienic as possible and so so my understanding yeah. is as and I know we talked about this yesterday is i think i think what the governor had put in uh in place yesterday was for any nursing facilities or those centers was uh, uh, limited, if not um, um, stopped, together. You cannot visit uh, in, in 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 those nursing and facilities. Nursing homes. But but the hospitals, because you piqued my interest yesterday, and and certainly I, I called um, all of our hospitals here to find out what the real situation was. Uh, and the situation is that absolutely there is visitation, but uh, they said if you are not feeling well, you know, please do not come visit. But in terms of pastoral visitations within our hospitals certainly here in martin county that um we are certainly allowed to uh, to to do that all right so we've been you know this first part of the show we talk about sort of the the, the mess that we're in right now what are just the more nuts and bolts way of how do, do we've been responding as clergy or as churches and synagogues so then we always have to ask ourselves where is the opportunity for god to flourish in the mess um, we can't just sit here and bow down and be like, okay, we're just going to cancel services. We're just going to not hug one another. We're going to fist bump. I don't care how rough uh, of, of a day you've had. Um, but there's always, God is always up to something. So the second half of the show, we want to talk about, so where do we find God in this mess? Where is God leading us to flourish and to find life? Um, where is the opportunity in this um, as people of faith? So we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break here on A Priest and a Rabbi. Stick around. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review. Five star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. 
Hey everyone, this is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to the second half of A Priest and a Rabbi here at WSTU 1450 AM and here in Stewart, Florida. Uh, we are talking about the effects of uh, you-know-who, Mr. Corona, on um, religious services, on just being a priest, being a rabbi, on, um, on religion in general. Um, if your house of worship has been affected by Corona, how you guys, how often you meet, maybe you guys canceled your Bible studies, maybe you canceled uh, services. Uh, the way that you do your services uh, has your office shut down. Give us a call at 772-220-9788. Uh, you know, the first half of the show, we just talked about some of the changes that were out there. You know, our, our, our church is actually, our changes haven't actually been drastic yet. We, we've been really just empowering the people to just make the choice. Mm-hmm. So you make the choice. If, for instance, at the big moment of, of the Episcopal service is the peace. It's the moment where you shake hands, and it's the idea biblically that Jesus says, before you come to the altar, make sure you've made your peace with the person who you might have issues with. And if you don't, if you, if you don't have peace with them, you go out and you, you, you work it out, and you find, you find the answer, the solution. So that's a big moment for us before we come up and take the body and the bread. So the peace now, um, that's a choice if you don't want to hug it out, if you don't want to shake hands, if you just want to fist bump, whatever it is. Um, also, like you said, shaking hands at the door. Um, that's You shake every single person's hand at the door. Sometimes you hug. A lot of people hug. Um, that's still just a choice. It's still just a choice. Yeah, the side kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Now that's a choice as opposed to saying some clergy have put out there will be no shaking of hands like you have at the door. So we're still doing that. That's still an option. And then even And I the- think it also takes cuz I don't think it's as easy as just putting out a blanket statement that says our clergy won't be shaking hands. But you it, did. 
Yeah, we did, but I so think it is easy in practice versus uh, you know in theory versus practice. Oh yeah, it sure, be awkward. It's, yeah, I, I can say that, but you know, it's almost like we have to retrain our brains to be able not to because you know I know you know for example tonight we have services at seven thirty. I know that it will be very tough for me not to put out my hand because I'm so used to it. Of course, but it's it's also just trying to remember that it's not just about me. It's also trying to protect those who come into our space. And the thing we have to remember about this is that th these choices are not being made out of fear. And sure, they are. We know underlined there's going to be some fear there, as you said before. But they're being made out of compassion. Mm -hmm. There's a compassion that we have for one another. We also serve populations that do skew a lot older, people with compromised immune systems. And so these choices are made out of compassion and love, not by just saying, I'm freaked out about this thing. It's saying, I want us as Christians, as Jews, to be responsible for our own community and the community around us. Again, we're trying to suppress a pandemic. We're trying to suffocate it out. And the more that we can do right now, the smart decisions, even though we might be completely out kicking our coverage on this and being way too overprepared is going to help. You know, the, 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 the graphs show that when communities do this, they can suppress a pandemic or any kind of virus from moving when everyone just takes a step back. And I know it feels awkward and some people think it's just a cold, it's just a flu. No, it's not. If you, if you go visit the people in the ICU right now. So take a step back because you might not ever get it, but let's reduce the amount of the movement of it because you might not get it, but then the older lady next to you or the sure. person with a respiratory issue next to you might. So we have a responsibility as Christians or as Jews to just be thinking not about ourselves and say, well, I'm fine. Well, no, 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 I know you're fine. I'm thinking about your neighbors. I'm thinking about others. You yes. got to love your neighbor on this one. You and, 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 I, and I think, I think, I think you know, the important thing, too, is you know, it's, it's non-discriminatory, right? I mean, I read a report this morning that the prime minister of Canada, yeah. uh, his wife has, has, has corona. Uh, you know, uh, you know um, uh, Tom Hanks and, yeah. and Rita Wilson. There's a 39-year-old guy know, in New Jersey yes. just passed. So, you know, and, and, and I think... And, you know, not that I'm trying to equate the two together, but you know, think about back, um, especially what we happen to be—and forgive the pun—but plagued with here in South Florida um, and throughout the the Atlantic coast is we're also, you know, we're prone to hurricanes, right? They are slow moving, as we've seen with the coronavirus, right? More cases are happening every single day that we're reading about. Um, you know, when 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 we know that. Hurricane Irma or Hurricane Dorian is going is, is battling down our shores. You know, as a synagogue, we we prepare for the worst. I mean, we take our Torahs out. We 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 um, uh, we secure them. We put them in a high place. We put them. You know, we really try and 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 secure our community so that in the worst case, we're covered. If nothing happens, you know what? At least we've been proactive and we've we've taken the heed seriously and i think that that's what we're trying to do now which is whether it hits martin county or not and i don't think it's a matter of if i think it is a matter of when sure i mean we saw it this morning two cases in palm beach county uh which is not not out of the ordinary considering yesterday's kind of or two nights ago fiasco of a guy boarding a plane on in right. jfk uh, right. who had been um, um told uh, i think before he knew he had corona as he boarded that plane and sure. still went uh, on that plane towards Palm Beach. Well, okay, you landed Palm Beach. Part of me said yesterday, wait till tomorrow. I guarantee you there'll be a case. And as we found today, that there are two cases in Palm Beach County. I think the best thing that we can do is just really to try and prepare ourselves. Yeah, so now as a religious community, how do we respond to this? Now here, here's a fallout that happens from this. If we don't meet together as religious communities, if, if, if folks in our congregations or folks just in your neighborhood are going to be really freaked out, especially if they do have compromised immune systems. There's going to be, and we've talked about this on the show before, 
a, a tremendous amount of, of isolation and mm-hmm. a, and come with isolation comes loneliness. Yes. And with loneliness comes depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. So now, as we are continuing this theme of we to love thy neighbor, and so we have this responsibility, and we always should have this, but now as as a synagogue as a church to say, all right, let's get the phone tree together. Let's the people who usually go to visit people in hospitals, the folks that we have, we have a thing called Stephen ministry where they meet with people to be with them during very chaotic times in their life. Now you got to do this over the phone. You got to be checking in on people. If you feel comfortable, go knock on the door, but maybe they don't feel comfortable with you knocking on the door. So you got to call. I mean, technology is on our side. Mm-hmm. So to respond to this need where people's hearts are going to be really in need of some love, especially if they're widows, especially if they're widowers, especially if they're isolated, um, to, to know that they're not alone. And, and so we have to really be, you, you got to really be hitting those phones well. If they're, if they're cool with video chatting, do that video chat. And this has to be a daily thing and really checking in with them. Because after the hurricanes or during the hurricanes, we always do a phone tree where we split up the letters with 26 different people in the congregation. And then each person takes a letter in the directory and just calls all those people you know, when the, after the hurricane to say, how are you doing? How, what, what's going on well? And, and that really does affect people to know, wow. Mm-hmm. My church really cared for me, especially those who are really on their own. So that part of our ministry has to step up tenfold um, because already folks have been struggling with isolation and loneliness. This is going to take it more because now they're really worried about their health. And now mm-hmm. they're really worried. Our, our minds, we've got to keep our minds right. Mm-hmm. And to have someone call you and say, I just want to talk to you. I just want to like say a prayer together. I just want to love on you and, and, and not talk about this virus. As, as people of faith, we got to keep our minds right. Yes, we got to be prepared, but we got to do the things to keep our minds on hope, out of healing, out of love, out of a good God. Because if you go into this toilet bowl spin cycle, of fear and anxiety it's it's an ugly one it's an ugly place to be man but i think also you know given the situation of what's going on and we know as we've talked uh you know previously and certainly on the show about um you know the 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 ability of social distancing and i think that there is a fear there as well right if i distance myself from my community uh i'm i'm polarized i feel loneliness i feel isolated i feel not connected to my community and, and, you know, I, I gave us a lot of thought because, you know, there's a very f- powerful and very impactful uh, phrase that the rabbis gave 2,000 years ago. And one of the statements that, uh, that was proposed was um, they said, do not separate yourself from the community. And, and especially now with the, with the uh, over uh, um, um, uh, awareness of what's going on, a part of me says, look, social distancing, I get it, but please don't distance yourself from the community. Community needs you, and you need the community. In whatever way that we can best serve and help guide and provide assurance or provide comfort, you know, that's what we're here for. Um, you know, so if, there, if there's one thing that, that at least from my, my, my perspective, that we can take out of this show um, for today is please do not, do not distance yourself from your own community. It is so important. And, and connect with the people you know who are going to be giving you the positive and healthy energy. So where are we going to turn to a lot now that if, if people start quarantining themselves or just get worried to go outside? They're going to go more on social media. They're going to go more on Facebook. They're going to go more on TV. Um, and unfortunately, 
odds are you're going to hit posts and you're going to hit news. That's not going to help feed your mind well. So you have to be so intentional. I'll tell you, when I wake up in the morning sometimes when I can't get out of bed, um, I, I, I get tempted. I just get my phone and start flipping through like Twitter. Now, usually my Twitter feed will be full of sports stuff, and that just kind of jogs my mind a little bit, wakes me up a bit, and then I go to my spiritual studies. You can't open up Twitter. You can't open up Facebook. You can't open up your news feed now without being assaulted with just th th this news. And so I know you got to look at the news to be practical, to be smart, to be prepared about what's happening right now because it's a daily, there's updates every day. But you as a person of faith need to start with the word of God first. Mm -hmm. Start with those prayers. You need to feed your heart with the truth of a loving God who's looking out for you because that has to be the number one voice in your mind and in your heart right now. That's going to direct you to be part of a community. That's going to direct you to be full of love and to be praying for others, to be calling others, to be looking out for others, to be loving yourself of God filling you with that love. But if you start off your day and throughout the day, all you're being fed is just this fear and anxiety of, of, of the virus. It weighs, oh, it weighs you down. And remember, especially with social media, it's not like you're reading, um, you know, millions and millions of other people's posts. You're really reading your contact list of posts, which means, you know, I mean, I, I saw today as I as I scrolled through, I mean, every one of my contacts to whom are on my social media feed, it's always about this 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 pandemic, and a part of me says, there's there's no reprieve. I see it. It's in my face. It's everywhere. When will we, as a community, really be able to take that step back and breathe, enjoy? You know, we live in one of the most heavily coveted areas in the world. We live in, in, in sunny South Florida. It is gorgeous and beautiful. It is, uh, it is warm. It is, uh, it is, it is life-affirming. But with everything going on, it is weighing so heavily on our shoulders that we almost are walking about in a fog and, and, and forgetting the bigger picture is that, you know, in, in our Jewish tradition, we, 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 we have certain prayers we say in the morning, right? Thank you, God, for the gift of life. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God, for, and I think, you know, to not lose sight of that, to be able to remind ourselves, thank you, God, for the beautiful gift that you've instilled in me. Thank you, God, for allowing me the, the opportunity to wake up to life renewed. And I think that there's something really beautiful there that I think sometimes we do miss the picture of because we're so inundated by what's going on and not being able to get out of that out of that bubble or that vacuum right we're we're, we're not in an episode of chernobyl where where you walk outside and it's just like nuclear waste in the air that's just going to affect you right so the, so the you allow that inspiration to come for you to be able to walk outside and just look at the beautiful sky if you're near the water to be at the water and allow gratitude to wash over you to, if you need to go and get the news that you need to get, set a timer on it. Like literally put a timer on there. I say, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to go cruise through this to gain any new information that I need in order to prepare myself. But other than that, though, then I'm going to turn it off and go back to healthy conversations and healthy things I want to feed myself. Keep your prayer life right and keep your prayer life strong on this. So, you know, we, we've talked about this as we've looked at, oh, here's the thing. You look at history, you know, that, 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 this too shall pass has been a has been a thought that's come through my mind that you know the world has seen things we've been through this and we're more prepared than we've ever have been for this moment in here and and to practice these 
I don't think we hear that enough to know that we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this. Um, and and we're, they're already working on vaccines. Um, they're already know that most of the people get this. You get treated and they're, and they're good. The most. I mean, there's obviously there's been people who've been who've lost their lives over this. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to get lost in this is an episode of Chernobyl or The Walking Dead because the history will catch you. So when we think about, though, these big, these big events, uh, you, you and I were talking about this yesterday of – when these events happen, and biblically, when we look at, let's say, the, the plagues that happened, that the reasoning for these plagues, you know, so, 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 Rabbi, why, why would God rain these plagues upon Pharaoh? So we know that could be some kind of punishment, but why not have his heart changed after the second or third plague? You know, so why keep it coming? Because it kept on saying it hardened his heart, it hardened his heart. Did he just want to keep on punishing him with these plagues, or was there a reasoning behind this? But you know, it's an. It, it... I think it's fascinating when we look, especially at that at that biblical understanding out of Exodus of, of you know, the first plague, right? Um, you know, Pharaoh, and then God hardens Pharaoh's heart, and and the decision gets 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 changed, and 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 part of it is God gave the ability to make choice and a free will, but it seems as if Pharaoh doesn't have free will because. He wants one thing, but yet his heart gets changed. So, you know, in our understanding, is it about a test? Is God testing Pharaoh? Sure. Is it for Pharaoh and for uh, the ancient Egyptians to be able to see the power of this God of Israel that is a, is able to, you know, do these things? Is it is it for Pharaoh and for the Egyptians, or is it actually for the Israelites to be able to 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 see what their God is powerful and capable of? Um, you know, the plagues themselves. You know, it, it's it's interesting because we look at it and, you know, we know the plagues were obviously done thousands of years ago, um, but the plagues don't stop out of ancient Egypt. I mean, you know, we have this in the Middle Ages. We had the bubonic plague that wipes out a third of Europe, right? Um, um, uh, Jews did, did unfortunately perish as well, but not in the mass numbers um, as the Europeans did. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of challenges there, um, you know, to bring God into it. Is God aware? Is God creating? Is God doing? Uh, Especially with with the plagues of Egypt, I think it it was there to 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 send a message uh, both to the Egyptians and to the Israelites of of look what the power of God is capable of doing. And I think I think even above and beyond that, it's 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 it, the plagues themselves. Why why harden someone's heart? Right. Is that is that is that is that saying me being Pharaoh? Well, well, this this is this is this. Is, this is pretty crazy. Just leave, go, and then to harden to be able to say no. If I if you leave, I I, I lose resources. I lose I lose uh, uh, power. I lose you know whatever it may be. I lose a, a workforce. You know what what am I doing? No, stay. And finally, why is it after the tenth plague? Of course, the tenth plague being um, uh, really the most damaging. Uh, you know, the death of the firstborn. Uh, you know that 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 really is. Is something that that exhibits, you know, the, the tremendous power and the, and the tremendous um, um, uh, connections that God is able to do. Um, but let me let, let, let me twist it to your end. I mean, what are your thoughts on it in terms of why would God harden? He just that's this is great. He accidentally licked the mic, and now he's freaking out. <laughs> God bless the immune system. You want to spray some Clorox in your mouth? No, because uh, <laughs> Clorox is. I, 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 I'm, I'm sure I'll be okay. Yeah, this is this is as he's talking about the plagues. <laughs> 
you can put some hand sanitizer in your mouth if you want. What a, what a great moment. You want to say some prayers? I'll lay hands on you. I don't mind. I don't mind laying hands on you. I'm still a hugger. You know what I mean? So, so, so okay, so why, why did it happen? Why did it happen? Uh, it, it's a tough one. Is Pharaoh used as a tool for God, for, for God to say, okay, so this guy is clearly not along with God, so let me use him as this pawn to exhibit my power because he's going to keep on saying no, and every time he says no, his heart is hardened. I can make it stronger and stronger and stronger so everyone can see, wow. But it's not like all the Egyptians after those, those were, were all converted. And started to worship Yahweh. They they weren't all like saying worshiping God. They were just like, okay, get out of here, get out of here, just mm-hmm. just just go. So it's it's um. But I think is is, is was it he punishing him? Witness the power and keep your faith with the divine. You know, I think I think especially when you go biblically. I mean, look back to, you know, biblically before this story. I mean, you have the Israelites worshiping a golden calf. You have uh, all these challenges that presented before the people. Every generation errs or or effectively veers against God. And maybe this is God's way of saying, hey, have faith in me because this is what I'm able to perform. This is what I can do. And I think it was it was. Not so. I think it was obviously for the Egyptians and for Pharaoh himself, but I think it was also conversely just as much important for the Israelites to witness and to see, so that when they go to the Sea of Reeds and God miraculously parts that sea, is to be able to say, "Have faith, have trust, trust in me, for I will deliver." So can we use the? And you let me know if you want to run in the restroom and rinse out your mouth. Um, <laughs> if if we can. So how does this pertain today? So we're almost at the end of the show here, and and we have a very powerful God, a God who is in control of the whole cosmos, a God who created all creation, who created everything, right? And so now we deal with this official pandemic. What are the prayers that we use? This this, this the God who can create, the God who could destroy, but we know a God who, who loves us tremendously, you know, and when we're, we're obedient to him and we try to be obedient to him, and yes, we fail in that obedience, so we encounter something like this. How does this become an opportunity for us to fall more deeply in love with God? We always have to look at these things now in the 21st century. This is not a way for us to think that God is punishing us. Um, I'm not uh, I'm in line with some of the pastors out there, like Jim Jeffers, who said that, you know, is God, um, uh, is this his plague he's sending upon us because of the way we've been acting? <laughs> I, I don't think God operates like that anymore, especially um, just through, as a Christian, following the life of Jesus Christ. So this idea that God's not punishing us but I think we always have to look at, so where, where is the redemption? Where is the restoration, the, the possibility of restoration in this? And I think we've already hinted at this. I think some of this is to move us uh, um, off away from all of the uh, busyness that, we're gonna, that we normally have to get us into some isolated places. And right now in the church, it's Lent, which is a time of being much more in- introspective and looking at our own sins and trying to find more healing and excavation of the soul. So we're going to have that because you can't busy yourself as much anymore. And how are you going to focus on relationships? And, and maybe not just physically, but really, where are the opportunities for you to be reaching out to people who are going to need that community so much? How are you going to express that love? And how do you and how do we also coded God with some honesty saying, God, I'm freaked out. I'm worried here, but I'm going to put my trust in you. You're going to lead us through this. Start praying for your leaders, your civic leaders, uh, the CDC, praying for all those people. Uh, where, where's the, where do you see the opportunity right now? Where, where is God showing up right now that's going to help us flourish as opposed to just fall into despair? Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think in, in that regard, I, I, put my, I put my faith and I put my trust um, in, the, in the beauty of community. 
is that we are together. Whether we attend um, or take that sacred space for, for sacred worship, or whether we worship within our own homes, or whether we take that time to really be with ourselves and our friends and our family, um, I think I think where I find comfort is is that is that is that very impactful line that says, "Do not separate yourself from community." You know, I think you know I, I read somewhere somewhere that said we may we may not be in community in our in our synagogues or in our churches, but you know, for when we're not in um, in our services, make a phone call. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think, look, in some semblance, it's easier said than done. Um, we have, you know, relatively um, uh, sizable populations where, you know, to be able to make that phone call of those to whom we know need the support. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. You know, is everything okay? You know, I'm not shy in giving out my cell phone, although I won't give it out on the radio right now. But 772-555-1212. <laughs> Uh, you know, you feel free, to, uh, you know, to, uh, to to reach out via email. Uh, I will certainly give you Father Anderson's um, cell phone number. Uh, but I think that there's something there too about community coming together to share in an experience. This is not this is not isolated to Florida. We know it is in every state. It is in dozens and dozens, if not, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 countries around the world. This is a pandemic. This is worldwide. But I think the interesting thing about the 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 expanse of where we're at now in terms of this this virus is, do I feel that the world is coming closer together? Yes, we but have I'm, a shared experience. I, but make it first, though. My, my, my call to you is make it first out of out of coming together, closer out of out of out of love. Out of love. Yes. So when is the last time you and your children or you and your family sat around and did home church or worshipped the Lord together? So there are so many resources online about practicing home church. So if you're not going to make it to church, you still do church at home. Get together with you and your spouse or you and your neighbors that you feel comfortable to do it, and you can practice and read the Word of God together and pray together. When's the last time you were able to? do that when's the last time you guys just sat down and read the bible together this is the moment and these are the excuses for this to happen to sit down and put down the devices and just be together as a family reach out to grandma and grandpa call them be intentional about it now listen so there's gonna be a lot of opportunities out there for you to get some streaming um, services as well a lot of churches will do that if you're looking for a place locally saint mary's episcopal church if you go to our facebook page if you're in stewart or if you go online to our website at saint mary's hyphen stewart.org you will find we will be streaming uh, both of our services on sunday are both of our 9 a.m.s. We have a contemporary one and a traditional one. Um, and so a lot of different churches and synagogues and mosques will be going live. So please do not distance yourself, as the rabbi said, from spiritual communities, from your own community, and be the one who's proactive in reaching out. I challenge you to call 10 people by the end of this weekend and reach out to them and let them know that you're thinking about them, you're checking in on them. It will change someone's day. Do you want me to do 20 people or 30 people or 10 people? No, I think my producer's telling me I have 20 seconds. So anyways, so God bless you. Enjoy. Keep your mind right. Keep your heart right. Reach out and love hard, love strong. And of course, obey and follow our God who's watching over us and loving us. Peace. See you next Friday.